Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse number one, you'll find these words. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Eternal most gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you, we praise you. Thank you now, God, for this time of worship. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to share your word. Now, Lord, we ask that you would help us this day to have open ears and receptive hearts that we might hear and take in your word. And not just hear it, God, but we would become both hearer and doer. So teach us this day, Holy Spirit. Can't do anything without you, how we need you. Speak now, O God, through these lips of clay, your word in such a powerful way that when we leave this place, our lives will be the better. And God, we shall forever give you praise. It's in the marvelous, merciful, majestic name of Jesus Christ. We do pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor before you take your seat, neighbor. Boy, it is so good to see you. Uh, with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, and our prayers, our pastor is going to preach about winning the battle. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Come on. Thank God for my ministry, man. They were energetic and electrifying. Amen. Thank God for them. Winning the battle. You do know there's a battle battle, it's not fought in Iraq, it's not in Afghanistan. It is a battle for your, for your mind. All of us fight battles. For some, it's the battle of the bulge. For others, it's the battle of the wills in child rearing. And then for some, it's the battle of the pocketbook. You spend all you get. However, all of us have one battle in common. It's the battle for the mind. It's a deadly war where Satan desires to control your mind. The enemy is not messing with your plumbing at your house. The enemy is not messing with your car. The enemy doesn't need a car. He's not messing with the microphones at church. 
You know, you hear people say, there's something wrong with the sound system, the enemy is in the microphone, the enemy messing with the sound system. But when you look at the Bible, the enemy never got into a car, a cart, a microphone, a cane, a house. It was something that was living and breathing. The enemy is not messing with you on Sunday morning when you can't find your socks or you uh, put a run in your pantyhose. That's not the enemy. That's those long, sharp nails that put that run and you were in a hurry because you got up late. You couldn't find your socks because you should have prepared and had everything laid out like you do when you go to the concert the night before. It's not the enemy. We, we give the enemy too much credit. He doesn't want your house. He doesn't want your car. He doesn't want the microphone system. No, he wants your, your mind. Because he knows if he can get your mind, then he has the rest of you. Because in whatever direction the head is going, the body is going to follow. So he doesn't want your money. He wants your your mind so he messes with your mind when you can't find your socks on Sunday and you claim it was the enemy who didn't want you to be at church to hear that message maybe so but it was not the enemy and so what he does is he messes with your mind and you feel like you can't go to church because you don't have the right socks he messes with your mind because you feel like you can't go because your pantyhose have a run and you don't have another pair. So rather than come and hear the message, you decide to stay at home and he has messed with your with your mind because you feel your appearance is more important and you feel like it's the enemy because the curls have dropped in your hair when it was actually the humidity in the air and it was not the enemy and so rather than come to church you feel like your appearance is more important than worship and hearing the word so you decide to stay at home because you're having a bad hair day and the enemy has won again because he has messed with your with your mind and so the enemy and, and so the word of God says we've got to watch the enemy because of his tricks and his schemes and his treachery he's very very tricky and so the apostle Paul gives us some godly counsel on how to keep your mind in the right place notice what he says he says be transformed it's a present passive imperative which means to keep on being transformed it's not something that we do once Sunday it's not something we do once a week or once in a lifetime but keep on being transformed by renewing your mind and the Greek verb translated transform is where we get our word metamorphosis from uh, it's a total change that takes place on the inside but eventually shows up on the outside. So the key to this change is the mind. Tell your neighbor he wants your mind. He wants your mind because your mind is the control center of our attitudes, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. So if he can get you to think on it long enough, he's hoping eventually your thoughts will turn into actions. And so if we're going to win this battle, Sam, if we're going to win this battle, if we're going to be victorious in this Christian life, the first thing that I would suggest to you is you have to protect your mind. You got to protect your mind. You have to protect your mind. You have to guard your mind. One of the key areas in this battle is the mind and it's guarding your mind from garbage 
or the wrong way of thinking. That old cliche, garbage in, garbage what? Garbage in, garbage out is still true today. If you put bad data in a computer, you're going to get bad results out of that computer. You're only going to get out of it what has been placed in it. If you put mental garbage in your mind, you will get mental garbage in your life. I wish I had somebody. Listen, Proverbs 15 and 14. Listen to what the word of God says. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. That's the word of God. A wise person is hungry for knowledge. They are thirsty for knowledge. They pursue knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. That might be a good verse to memorize as you're going throughout your day, as you're going to decide which movie you're going to watch, what sitcom you're going to watch, what reality TV show you're going to watch. Throughout your daily conversations, that may be a verse to memorize as you are having conversations, chit-chat at your desk, at the water cooler, to remember that the fact is a wise person is hungry for knowledge why a fool feeds on trash. Watch who it is. Watch who and what it is. Hear me, young people, that's feeding your mind. You know why social media uses the term news feed, Instagram feed, Twitter feed? Because it's feeding your, your mind. And, and so words are very powerful. Words are very powerful. There's life and death in, in, the, in the power of the tongue. There is both life and death. Because words can depress you. Words can discourage you. Words can defeat you. Then on the other hand, words can build you up. And words can encourage you. Words are very powerful. Some stuff and some people, just like on Facebook, what I had to do, I had to block some people. There were some people that I used to hang out, people I knew back uh, back in the day, Jack, people that I went to school with, but their post on Facebook and their the language they were using, I had to block them because I didn't want people to think that I was condoning the stuff they were posting and look and see that I was their friend. No, I had to block them because some of the stuff they were doing and saying and posting was not good. And so what you've got to learn to do in life is there's some people you're going to have to learn how to block. There's some stuff you're going to have to learn how to block. Folk who are full of negativity, block. Folk who are encouraging you to do the wrong thing, block. Folk who are living foul and talking foul, block. I wish y'all were hearing me. There are some people, and see the problem is some of y'all won't block them because they're your friends. But sometimes you got to block some folk who are close to you when they're not going in the same direction you're going in. The devil can't make you do anything. Listen, when he had Jesus in the wilderness and after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he went into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil. He was tempted and Satan came to him and he... He, he said, you know what, if you really are who you say you are, 
then why don't you turn these stones into bread? Because really, if you were really his son, you wouldn't be out here starving. Uh, you know, he would take care of you. But since he hasn't, go ahead and help yourself and turn these stones into bread. He couldn't make Jesus turn those stones into bread. All he could do was try to play with his mind and put thought bombs into his mind. Because what the devil wants you to do is he wants to run his program in your mental mainframe. He wants you to think his thoughts. He, he, he can't make you do anything. He just tries to get you to think about it. So eventually what you're thinking about, you'll start doing. He said, he said, notice, this, these are his thoughts. Because he says to Jesus, he says, you know what? If you bow down and worship me. That, that wasn't Jesus' thought. You know whose thought that was? That was his thought. Because that's what he's always wanted. He's always wanted to be worshipped. That's why he got evicted from heaven because he said, I'm going to place my throne above the most high. I want some of that worship that he's been getting. And so I'm going to put my throne above his so people will not just worship him, but they're going to worship me. And so he says to Jesus, he says, you know what? If you bow down and worship me, he wanted Jesus to think his thoughts. And that's what he tries to do to us is that he wants to put his thoughts inside of us. So listen, don't you feel bad when a thought pops up in your head and you're like whoa where did that come from it's the enemy he wants you to think his his thoughts he can't make you do anything the lord has given us what we need he has given us the armor the spiritual armor that's why he says put on the helmet of salvation and the reason he wants me to put on the helmet of salvation is so i can protect what's in my head and what's in my head is my brain and he wants me to keep it covered and protected from satanic attack and defeat because the enemy is coming and he's not coming like you think he He's coming. He's too clever to come at you like you always expecting him to come. Just like I told you in my introduction, he will play with your mind and you think it's just a simple thing. I couldn't find my black socks and I didn't want to wear blue socks with my black suit. So I decided to stay at home. What you should have done is realize that worship is too important for me. And what I should have done is put some lotion on my ashy ankles and came with no socks and just went GQ style. I got to protect, I've got to guard my, my mind. Any nutritionist will tell you that there are three kinds of food for your physical body. There's brain food. Food that will actually make you smarter, give you brain power. Dark berries like blueberries and blackberries, oily fish, uh, green leafy vegetables. These things have been proven to give you brain power. Eat your vegetables, eat your spinach. You need to eat some kale and some collard greens and turnip greens. Oh my, you need to eat that. And then there is junk food. There's junk food. Junk food is it, it's simple calories. It's not poison, but it's empty calories. And then there is toxic food. Food, things that are actually poison. And so the same is true, Reverend Morgan, uh, uh, when, when it comes to what you hear and what you allow to enter into your mind, because there is some 
junk food. There is some food that will make you smarter, that will make you wiser, that will make you more godly. There are things that you hear, and especially when it comes to the Word of God and hearing song, hearing the Word of God through song, hearing the Word of God being taught, hear it through a sermon. Those things will make you stronger, smarter, wiser, more mature, and more godly. Is there anybody here? And then there is junk food. There, there, there is so much you can fill your mind with. It, and it may not be wrong, and it's not good, it's not bad. But what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, he says, it may be lawful, but is it helpful? He say it may be lawful, but, it, but is it beneficial? Is it increasing you? Is it helping you? Is it growing you? In other words, some things aren't necessarily wrong, but are they necessary? The Bible tells us to fill our minds with the right thing so we will act the right way and live the right way and do the right thing. If you want to be spiritually healthy in the Christian life and in being a blessing to others, fix your mind on the right things. The word of God says, resist the devil and he'll what? Resist the devil and he will, he will flee. That word resist means to take a stand. That's what Jesus did in the wilderness. He, he didn't try to bind him, rebuke him. He just put the word of God on him. And that's what he wants us to do is take a stand on the word of God. Now the Bible says to resist him and he'll flee but I want you to also understand this don't just resist but replace you gotta resist but you also gotta replace let me see if I can help you with that Paul says that we shall fix our thoughts in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 Paul says think on these things Think on these things that are true, that are honest, that are virtue, of a good report, things that are godly. He says, you got to learn how to not just resist, but I got to replace. I got to turn away from this, but I got to replace it with something else. And so I got to resist it, but also Sam need to do some replacing because you, you, we, we resist him, but he's going to persist. Because in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, when Jesus was in the wilderness, Jesus did take a stand. He resisted him. But the Bible says that he, Satan departed for a season. And, and the word season in the Greek means for another set time, another opportunity. And so if he's not bothering you right now, be assured he will be back. Because he is never like a lot of us that become so stationary and inactive. No, he is very active. Matter of fact, the Bible says he is like, he's not a rowing lion. He is like a rowing lion seeking. If he's seeking, that means he's constantly on the move. In Job chapter 1, God says, listen, he says, man, he says, where you been? He says, walking to and fro up and down throughout the earth, find looking for somebody that I can mess with. 
And so if he's not messing with you right now, be assured and be ready and be on guard. That's why you got to take on the whole armor of God because you don't know how soon he might show up or what moment he show. And one thing I discovered whenever I decide or determine or wake up in the morning and I say to myself, TJ, I say, you know what, man, this week I'm living godly. I'm living holy. God, I'm walking in every way, everything I say, everything I do. God, I want you to get glory and I wake up with determination. But before I make it to 7700 McCart, somebody has read me hot. I'm just, is there any, anybody, anybody, anybody in here? that you've determined, you know, today, I mean, man, I'm walking like Jesus. I'm walking in victory. But as soon as you get up and you make it to your office, your child has called you and said, I left my homework. I forgot my money. I missed the bus. And there ain't no way I can get to school unless you come back and get me. And that runs you hot. Because you know you woke them up and they went back to sleep before you left the house. And that's what the enemy does. He's coming back. Tell your neighbor he's coming back. So you got to be on guard. So you got to guard your mind so you can have victory in your, in your mind. You got to guard your mind so when he does come back, you're able to deal with him. You're able to take that stance because you know what the word of God says. And he's not going to flee from you when you take a stance on a church cliche that don't line up with the word of God. You got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. There's some things you're going to have to read for yourself. Memorize it. There's some stuff you're going to have to get in and read it. I mean, You've heard me say before, well, I, I just can't, the Bible's so hard to read. I just can't learn the Bible. He's playing with your mind and you don't even know it. Because he never says to you, I can't learn, uh, I can't learn the policies and procedures in my part-time job at McDonald's. You know how, how long to put them fries in that fryer. You know how much salt to put on there. You know which container that the large fry and the small fry. You know how to fix a double meat cheeseburger. And when people want extra cheese on their double meat cheeseburger, that's how you always get a fresh burger at McDonald's. Never say cheeseburger. Always tell them you want extra cheese. And then they got to specially make it right then and there. I wish I had somebody. But you learn the policies and procedures. You know, you know the policies and procedures at the post office. You know them at the school district. You know what you can and cannot do to children. You know what you can and cannot say. I wish I had some. You learn what you want to learn. And you know every song that Beyonce sings on that Lemonade album. You know songs from back in the day. And if I started singing some, I had extra play some, and they could stop the music and you're going to keep on singing. Why? Because you spent time with those songs. And just like young people talking about they can't learn it. Yes, they can. They know more rap songs. Not only that, 
they are very proficient at Fortnite, at these battle games, at Madden, and all these other. You know why they're so proficient on these games? Because they spend so much time with them. If you want to be proficient in the Word of God, you got to spend time with the Word of God. Because there's going to be some stuff, baby, that's going to happen in this life that can't no job help you get away, deal with, that math can't handle it, science, trig, biology, history. It ain't going to be able to help you. Ain't no video game going to be able to help you. And you better understand this battle that we in, it ain't no game. It's the real deal. Because after sin has produced itself, it eventually brings about death. Tell your neighbor, this ain't no game. I, I got to resist and replace. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the little boy. It's kind of like the little boy. His mama baked some cookies. And she said, Ricky, don't eat those cookies. He said, I'm not. I'm not going to eat them. My mama just looking at them. And he kept saying to himself, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. I don't want it. I don't want it. Before he knew it, he grabbed it and ate it. You can't just resist it. You got to replace it. Because sometimes if you keep looking at something too long, you're going to start liking what you're looking at. Come here, Eve. I'm in the Bible. Eve saw that the tree was good. It was pleasant. It was beautiful. And Eve, she, she, what she did, she didn't replace it. She didn't turn away from it, but she kept looking at it. And I know sometimes you might say, you know what, ain't nothing long, wrong with looking at the menu as long as you don't order anything. But how many of you know if you keep looking at the menu too long, even if you are full, have you ever been in a restaurant and you just ate and you had a meeting and you say, you know what, I ain't hungry, y'all. Other people sitting at the table, they're ordering. I've been in such a meeting. And I say, you know what, I don't want anything to eat. And uh, we sitting there, and the longer you sit there and they're placing their order and you're listening, and you see food going by, and you start looking at it, knowing you already full, and then you start looking at the menu. Well, I'm, I'm full, I don't want anything, but then the aroma in the place starts to get to you. And you keep looking at the menu, and you say, I'm full, I'm really not hungry, but I will have this, that apple pie alamo. Show does look good. You know why you ordered even though you're still full? Because you didn't replace it. You stayed in that environment. You stayed in that atmosphere. And you kept looking at something you know you didn't really need. But because you kept looking at it, you start thinking about it. And before you started, before you knew it, you had already placed the order. Can I tell you, there are some things that your eyes don't need to behold. Because the eyes are the windows to your mind. And if you keep looking at it long enough... I wish I had somebody. You might start liking it even though you already full. I can't, I can't control what CBS, Fox, HBO, Showtime, I can't control what they put on TV, but I can change the channel. 
can replace it all day long. I can change the channel or I can simply turn, turn it off. I've got to refocus. Tell your neighbor, refocus. Refocus. Turn away from what the devil wants you to focus on and learn how to replace it and start turning and start focusing on what God wants you to focus on. Because the more you put in, the more God you put in, the more God is going to come out. Gonna protect your mind. That was number one. Number two, persist in learning. I'm still in the text because I told you it's a present passive imperative, which means keep on, keep on doing. So I got to persist in learning. Never stop learning. Become a student of scripture because the only way you can defeat the enemy is with the word. He's a spirit. You can't fight him physically. I, I don't care how many weapons you have at your house, in your car, or those of you who are sitting up in here with them, unauthorized, in your purse. If the, you, you can't whoop the enemy like that. You can't outcurse him. Brother, I know you got some hands, and some of you sisters got some hands, and you know how to throw them. But guess what? You can't hit him with your fists. You can't hit him in the throat. You can't drop kick him. No, it won't work like that. The only thing you can defeat him with is the word of God. So you got to learn the word so you can live the word and you can be victorious with the word when the enemy comes after you. You know what the word disciple means? Learner. Pupil. Student. He wants us to become students of the word, learners of the word. We don't just gather in here to feel good. We don't just come in here to hear, to hear uh, melodious, beautiful, sp I mean, inspiring songs uh, from our great music ministry. No, we don't just come in here to, to, to get happy and a good feeling. No, we come in here to, to worship. And to receive the word of God. So when we leave here on Monday. Because he will be. He'll show up at your office. He shows up at school. So you have to be ready. Tell your neighbor be ready. You, you, you can't be a disciple of Christ. Without being a learner. Jesus said come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn. And learn of me. You know what? The more you learn about God and his word, your, your prayer life will change. You stop asking for old silly stuff. Your prayer life, will your worship life will change. Everything about you will start to change. Because when he says, take my yoke upon you, a yoke, you got two animals. And what happens is that other animal is hooked up to the other animal 
And so this burden is not carried by one animal. This heavy load is carried now because God never intended for us to try to do this alone. He wants us to understand, listen, learn this. I'm with you. I'm with you as you have to deal with whatever you got to deal with in life. I'm with you. I need you to get this. I need you to learn this, that to take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. He says, listen, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are hooked up in this thing together. God has already given us everything we need to be victorious. We just need to learn how to use it. We need to get in the word for ourselves. Don't just take for granted. That's why so many people have been defeated spiritually because you take for granted that who's ever reading to you or who's ever teaching you or preaching you that they know what they're talking about. You better get in the word for yourself. Young lady came to my office years ago, many, many, many moons ago, and uh, we were having a, a meeting. I think she was with some association, uh, heart association. And they wanted to do a program, and I had a book on my desk called Spiritual Warfare by Dr. Robbie Dean. And um, she said, wow, I need that book because I'm, I'm having some warfare, and I need to read that book so I can I can bind me some demons. I say, well, if you're binding demons, I urge you to take this book uh, so you can really be victorious in this spiritual warfare because nowhere in the word of God are we commanded to bind any demons and uh, Jesus doesn't even bind them. Uh, he simply cast them out send them on their way, tell them to shut up, or stands on the word of God, but he never binds them, and nowhere do we find it in the word of God. Michael, the archangel, the angel of war. Michael could wipe out this whole country. I mean, the angel of war. Michael says, I durst not make a railing accusation against Satan, but he says, Satan, not me, but the Lord the Lord rebuke you. Because what happens is the enemy laughs at us because we, we're not learning. And so we say stuff and it's like, uh, I, you know, rebuke you and, and I'm buying you right now. And, and he's sitting back and he's like, I'm about to take your weapon from you and pistol whip you with your own Bible. Because you don't know how to use it. Because he understands can't nobody do that. Can't nobody bind him but one person. And guess what? If you read in Revelation, it's going to happen. But it's at a certain time. That's why when Jesus shows up one time in the Gospels, they said to Jesus, they said, Ooh, we know who you are. Now these other folk around here may not know who you are, but we know who you are. <laughs> you God's son, we know who you are. And they said, have you come ahead of time? Have you come to get us ahead of time? They already know that there's a set time. You, you see, because the devils know and they tremble. So you got to get in the word 
all these church cliches and just, just saying stuff. Learn to memorize some scripture. Put it on post. Man, you come here, color purple. Nettie was trying to help her sister read. She put little notes around everywhere. What's that, Celie? Pot. What's that? Iron. She put little notes everywhere. So what you gonna have to do to help you memorize the word of God? Put some post-it notes on your steering wheel. You ain't gotta try to memorize the whole Bible in a week, but you all should be trying to remember at least one verse a week. All right, a month, how about that? Ain't, ain't nothing, you know what? I heard a fellow once get up and say, right before he preached, he said, I've been preaching 27 years. So you're like, oh, you about to kill him. You on the edge, this, this guy about to, I mean, he about to, ooh. Sound like he been preaching for 27 minutes. after he started. Ain't nothing to brag about you. I've been walking with the Lord 20 years and all you can memorize and quote is two verses in the Bible. No, you got three. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus will. And I've been with the Lord 30 years. You done learned one verse, real short ones. Every 10 years, you done, you done memorized the verse. And that's why the enemy gets the best of you. But you've got to get in the word for yourself. Because this word being transformed, it gives us that English word, metamorphosis. It describes the transformation of a caterpillar. And a caterpillar gets in that cocoon and a change takes place on the inside and eventually a butterfly emerges. Did you know that the caterpillar and the butterfly are really the same creature? But a change took place on the inside that has manifested to the outside. And so when people look at us, guess what? We're the same person. It is me, but it ain't me. I, I look the same but I'm not the same. I'm the same on the outside. I look the same, my physical appearance. My hands didn't turn new, my feet didn't look new. I looked in the mirror, I didn't look new. But guess what? Stuff started happening on the inside that started making me react different on the outside. So when people do me wrong, I, I, don't, I don't try to get even anymore. When people cuss me out, I, I, I don't cuss them out anymore. I, I've learned how to walk away, not unless they keep falling behind me and keep on cussing them. <laughs> I ain't the only one. Come on, somebody say, Lord. <laughs> and so with them people like that, B, you got to turn around and say, you know what? He ain't through with me yet. I, I'm trying to tell you, he ain't through with me yet, so you might want to. You might want to stop following me. Sometimes you got to just start singing. If you only knew how much I do, remember what I used to be. You leave me alone, and you sure better not follow me home. 
But that's the same change, God. He wants to do something, tell your neighbor, on the inside. He wants to do something on the inside so, so he can transform our spirit. And he, 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 he wants to change us into his, his child. I mean, he wants us to look so much like Jesus. But the change takes place on the inside. He wants us to transform the mind so the flesh will be changed. He wants what he put on the inside to be seen. He wants to do something on the inside so, so he can transform our spirit and he, 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 he wants to change us into his, his child. I mean, he wants us to look so much like Jesus. But the change takes place on the inside. He wants us to transform the mind so the flesh will be changed. He wants what he put on the inside to be seen on the outside. And what we must remember is that the flesh will do what the mind tells it to do. It's only when the mind is changed, brought under the power of God, that the flesh can be brought under control. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, don't be drunk in excess with wine, but be filled, controlled by the Holy Spirit. I, I've got to submit to God's power, to God's will, by filling my mind with the word of God, by, by cutting myself off from the influences of the world and allowing the Spirit of God to control my mind. You see, we've got to persist in learning. Many of us think that Sunday school is for children. And Bible study is for people who have nothing else to do on Wednesdays. you got to persist in learning. You need to be in a Bible study somewhere during the course of the week. You need to be learning so you can grow. Because there's a whole lot of folk that come on Wednesdays every week. I guarantee you they went to work that day and they got a whole lot of stuff they need to do. They have deadlines to meet. They have book reports that are due. But they understand, you know what? I need him more than on Sunday morning. I've got to get, I've got to get me some word during the week. I, I've got to be in a Bible study. If it's not in my church, well, I can't make it on Wednesdays, Pastor, because I work way across town. I work in Dallas, but there is a church not too far from where I work. Pastor, do you know anything about that church? Yeah, let me find out what they believe and what they're teaching, because you can go on over there at lunchtime if they got a noonday Bible study, but there's another group that meets here on Tuesday nights, and they got different Bible study Fellowship. Maybe you can't make it to here on Wednesdays, but you need to be connected somewhere. And I'm going to say that every leader, every leader of the Great Commission Baptist Church ought to be engaged in Sunday school or Wednesday night or Wednesday noonday Bible study. You need to be connected into a Bible study somewhere because when you stop learning, you stop leading.
when you stop learning, you stop leading. And how are you going to lead people into doing godly things and godly stuff and kingdom work and you're not progressing in kingdom things? <laughs> Notice what scripture says. Acts 2 and 42 and 11. And they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They progressively, continually, continued in the apostles' doctrine. That is, they continued, blind well, in the word, in the word of God. Listen, God does not want your mind to be frustrated. No, he don't. You know why? Because he says it like this. All that keep their mind stay on them. I will keep them in what? Perfectly. God don't want you walking around being frustrated. He don't want your mind being anxious. He don't want you sitting there worrying about stuff. Listen, no, because he says through the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, he says, listen, he says, be anxious for nothing. He said, in all things, through prayer, through supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God does not want your mind to be frustrated. God does not want you to worry. God does not want you to be anxious. God does not want you to be defeated. He wants you to guard your mind. He wants you to resist the enemy, but he also wants you to replace that garbage with the gospel. He wants you to put the right thing in your mind so the right thing will come out because you're going to be tempted, and if you have been put the right thing in, the wrong thing is going to come out. If you haven't been putting his word in you, then you're going to have a worldly response when people come at you the wrong way. But if you've been walking according to his word, and you've been spending time with him, when temptation comes your way, you can take a stand on the word of God, and you can say, like Paul said, for God I live, and for God I am willing to is there anybody in here that can help your neighbor understand the benefit of reading the word and learning the word and memorizing the word? It was David that said he meditated on his law day and night because the enemy is on his job. He is constantly coming after us and we got to be ready when the attack is launched. Tell your neighbor you better get ready because he might come before the benediction and you got to be ready. He might come because somebody been sitting up in here ain't been listening to the word and they ain't got the right thing in them and they might come at you the wrong way on that parking lot. So you got to have the word of God in you so you can walk away with victory.
she done wrote her name in the crowbar. That wasn't, that wasn't the devil. That was a scorned woman. You done broke her heart. <laughs> I wish y'all were here. I'm just trying to help you understand. Everything is not the devil. He might have probably, he might have gave her a thought. <laughs> Listen, this battle is real. It's real. The enemy is clever. He's sneaky. You got to get in the word for yourself. You know what? You have. In sports, they have playbooks. They watch film. You know why they watch film? So they can look at their opponent before they play. Watch film. The military has a thing, especially in the Army, I can't speak for anybody else, but in the Army, it's a thing they call salute when they are looking or doing recon. Look at the enemy. What's his size? S A. What was his activity? S A. S A. Japanese people. L. What's his location? U. What kind of uniforms did they have? Time. What time was it? E. What kind of equipment did they have? Why? So you can get, have the victory. You, you've been checking them out. So it is. God has already shown us how the enemy operates. It's in the Word. So you got to get in here and read it for yourself. Seize every moment, every opportunity you have to learn the Word of God. The word of God says that bodily exercise profits little. It doesn't say it profits nothing, but profits little. So he said you need to take care of your body. You should work out. You should do a little exercise. But don't do more physical exercise than spiritual exercise. Don't get so caught up in your physical appearance that you spend you will spend hours in the gym and spend seconds in the word. My cell phone, it has an activity thing. It really convicted me one day. And it showed me how much time I had spent on every, in these three or four categories, I can't remember what all they were. And especially when it had more, I had spent more time on stuff that was not necessarily bad wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was, but was it necessary? Was it beneficial? I had given so much time to meaningless stuff. So all I'm saying is, take time. Just spend time. 
Man, if you got to make an appointment, I have stuff on my calendar. My wife and our calendars are linked on our phone. There's so much stuff on this calendar. Why not make an appointment? Put him on your calendar. Set up alarm. 11.30 a.m. I'm spend time with God. And you've heard me say this, and I'll say it again. Right before bed is not necessarily the best time. I think we've been programmed to do that because when we were little, we were taught to say your prayers before you go to bed. And when you get ready to go to bed, you're getting ready to do what? Go to what? Go to sleep. You're getting in the bed to go to sleep. And you're getting sleepy before you get in the bed. And you're talking to God, you're reading the word, and you're like, oh, it's so hard to read the Bible. Every time I read the Bible, I get sleepy. Oh, I just start yawning when I read the Bible. It's not the Bible, it's you. You waited to the end of your day. You put all of your energy into everything else. And now you're giving God your leftover time, your leftover energy, your leftover focus. Then you start yawning. Then you get down on your knees and pray. Oh, God, thank you for this day. Well, we bless you and thank you. Don't pass the ground and preach so long. Extend the invitation in case you're here today and you're living life.